love the Ewoks. They're adorable. <laughs> love them. They're feisty. I love that they're so feisty. Cute, cuddly. Cook them on a stick. Welcome to the spare room. I'm Sam. And I'm Ashton. And today is May 4th, so we're going to be talking about Star Wars. Today we have two special guests on our podcast today. It is Sam's sister, Hannah, and her boyfriend, James. Y'all want to introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm James. And I'm Hannah. So, us as a family, we've always really liked Star Wars. And of course, like I said, being today being May 4th, we thought we'd do a little special about it. Um, but just me personally... Um, I was introduced to Star Wars pretty young. Um, I saw the original trilogy on VHS and everything. And then when I really started to get like really into it was whenever they did the special edition and they re-released the original trilogy in theaters with the updated graphics and everything. That's when I really got into it and really started watching Star Wars and... It was more than just a movie for me. Yeah, I grew up with Star Wars as well. Uh, I have a very distinct memory of asking my mom to put on Star Wars. And so she put on A New Hope. And I remember laying on my parents' bed watching A New Hope and just thinking to myself, wow, I watch these movies a lot. I really like this. And so I've always grown up with Star Wars. And so I've read a handful of books uh, a smaller number of comics and I just love the universe. I've always grown up with it because of Sam and Jesse and I was young when the prequels started coming out. I was born when the prequels started coming out uh, but yeah I just really love it. Uh, I love the characters. I love everything about it. I also grew up uh, just loving sci-fi in general so that was where a lot of it came from me. And then I was only exposed to Star Wars really when Sam and I got uh, started dating. Before then, I think I had maybe watched a few of the episodes, but it wasn't really like part of like my my uh, childhood. Although my dad really does and still did and still does enjoy sci-fi. For some reason, that was never really something we watched. But when Sam and I got together, he kind of exposed me to that and it was very contagious. And the whole canon is just, it's so rich in history. It has its own history. There's languages, its own universe. Like, there's just so deep. It's so easily lost. You, you so easily get lost in it. Uh, Hannah brought up the prequels. And I think it's funny because I remember in sixth grade, fifth grade, in fifth grade, I went on a school field trip that was a week long to Camp Copus. It was like a summer camp, but it was during school. It was really weird now that I think about it. But uh, one of the kids at the camp had the Phantom Menace novel that he would read before bed. And like this was like right before the movie came out. And so we were just, and Darth Maul was on the front. So we were like, oh my God, he looks so cool. And so. Just I, like that? Yes. I mean, we were fifth grade. It was more like, oh my God, he's so cool. <laughs> but so. We would ask him, like, what's going on? What's going to happen? He's like, and he was like, no, I'm not going to tell you. you got to watch the movie. And I was just like, fine. I will. But, yeah, and also, I think I've talked about it before on here that um, I would always watch a movie after school. And probably nine times out of ten, it was a Star Wars movie. So I watched the original trilogy, like, 
a ton of times just over and over and over that's really how it started but uh today we're just gonna kind of throw around a couple questions related to star wars around the room kind of get everybody's feelings just have a fun little conversation about it but our first question is if you were force sensitive would you be a jedi or a sith for those non-star wars fans can you explain what you mean by force sensitive you can use magic powers. You can move things with your mind and use laser swords. Do you have the force or not? So, I'm very sensitive. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so, I know that whenever I play a game or I'm doing any sort, anything kind of fictional, I know that I am very chaotic evil. And so, in that sense, I kind of attain to be Sith. And I look for that chaos and ways that I can just mess around but knowing myself I'm lawful good and so I would be a Jedi through and through uh, just to enforce peace and you know be a pencil pusher see I'm kind of the opposite in games I automatically go for the like good options um, like saving little sisters in Bioshock or just not killing civilians um, but when it comes to like real life and everyday life i i'm not a bad person you're evil but I, <laughs> I, I have dark humor and a lot of times james will tell me i'm a sith because of that so if i was force sensitive i'd probably be a sith i think just because of how everything falls out i think i'd end up being a jedi uh i mean there's more Jedi, so you got a better job, better chance of staying alive. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just I guess I'm like James said, like I work for like the government now, and so like I'm just kind of like I go along with the right thing to do. Like I try to help people if I can. Like so, I think naturally I would fall towards. The being a Jedi. But like they said in video games, like when you get to choose your path and everything, I try to do everything good, but I'll throw in a bad thing every now and then. So I'm just not like perfect. So I'll just like not help a guy or just throw a lightsaber at him and be like, ah, you died. That's funny. But <laughs> that sounds terrible. No, I'm the other way. Like I want to do everything completely right. I'm such a rule follower and just want to do everything right and good. Like being the Sith would be like, completely against my character i think that i would definitely be a jedi yeah i think so too i feel like i need to change my answer because i'm the only one who said sith <laughs> no, i just... feel like by being a christian i need to say i'm a jedi no just <sighs> just it works out by numbers like i said you know there's more jedi oh, yeah. so are you the apprentice or are you the master uh I don't know. I'm that probably means you're the, the I'm probably the inquisitor <laughs> that gets sent out and dies. <laughs> all, all of them. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> all right. So we've talked about Jedi and Sith. If you weren't Force sensitive, if you couldn't use the Force, but you were still in the Star Wars universe, would you be part of the Rebel Alliance or would you be a member of the Empire? Hannah, you're shaking your head. What would you do? I'd be uh, a part of the Rebels because. Uh, I think it's kind of like what Sam, well, no, I was going to say they're bigger, but they're really not. I don't know, they're the little guys. It, it seems like the right thing to do. I think me being a Sith is kind of just being power hungry, but I think if I wasn't uh, 
in a powerful position, I would be on the good guy side. <laughs> uh, I'm, again, on the opposite side from her. Uh, I would choose the, the Galactic Empire uh, because, among other reasons, uh, they're just kind of the enforcement, you know. People like to point out things like, oh, what would, you know, Imperial citizens think, you know, when Alderaan, the planet, got blown up? Well, if, speaking for myself, I imagine that kind of being like, you know, I'm, I'm a Texan, I'm here in Texas, and it's like, hey man, you hear about what happened in California? USA blew it up. I'd be like, hey, that's not so bad. <laughs> I'd be like, well, if they decided to blow it up, I mean, I guess there's probably a good reason they decided to blow it up. No, but yeah, I think I'm kind of the same way. Like, if, if I wasn't Force-sensitive, then I would be part of the Empire. My reasoning is because it's a stable job. It's a stable income. You're probably going to be able to support your family if you're working for the Empire. And the Empire is so vast and, like, spans the whole galaxy. The odds of the Rebels coming in and, like, attacking where I work is probably a little bit lower than other places. And I might kind of strategically work that way. Be like, I'm just going to, like, work in this backwoods Empire that, like... (laughs) <laughs> like, I don't really do anything important, but I get paid enough that I can support my family. But, yeah, I think I would definitely be part of the Empire if I was not Force-sensitive. You'd be a part of the spice trades. You'd have a okay. really sketchy job. No, I wouldn't do anything illegal, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would be part of the Empire if I wasn't Force-sensitive because it's like the norm right like the rebels are the outliers right like they're they're the um the anomaly so like i would probably be part of the empire but if i found out i was force sensitive i would definitely be a bandwagon like i would jump onto the the rebel bandwagon you pansy but i think being (laughs) hey being a rebel is not a pansy no joining the empire because it's the norm do you join the empire or you just in the empire you're just born into it do you know what i mean now, a yes. lot of the jobs wouldn't necessarily be for the empire or for the rebels you might just be on a planet that's under empire jurisdiction right but then i think if i found out i had jedi uh sensitivity <laughs> sensitivity if i did have the force I, I i would want to believe that i would join the rebel force hmm. i would hope so so pretty much it's been all three of us against Hannah on both of these questions. So are we normal or are we weird? To be fair, this happens with every conversation our family has. So this isn't like out of the norm. The next question that uh, we're going to throw out there is what viewing order should you watch the movies slash shows all of it in? Well, I'm very opinionated about this, at least in regards to the movies. Uh, you can watch, you know, the extra movies like Rogue One and Solo or, you know, the different uh, TV series. You can watch those whenever. But for the movies, I'm very particular about it. I think you should watch The Phantom Menace, The Attack of the Clones, followed by A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Go Back to Revenge of the Sith, and then finish out with Return of the Jedi. Why? <laughs> this way you see the rise of Anakin, right? And as he's rising to his power, you see him coming into his own. You see the trace elements of the dark side in him. 
and then you see the rise of Luke and you know that Anakin is Luke's father but you don't know that Anakin is Darth Vader yet spoiler by the way uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, movie's been out for a while I think you're good and so you get to the end of Empire Strikes Back and you find out that Darth Vader is Anakin he is his father so you go back to Revenge of the Sith you find out how that finally happened how he finally went full dark side and then you finish it out with Return of the Jedi and you have all that emotional payout of all these movies I understand it and I think it's a good idea but I know me personally if I was shown the movies in that order I would be so confused because of like how they're like numbered and I think it would be a good experience but it's hard for me to like stray away from either saying just watch it like one through nine or like watch the original trilogy and then the prequels and then the new Skywalker trilogy. Well, and I think it's different if you're talking to, like, if your Star Wars fans discussing how to watch it, opposed to, like, introducing someone to Star Wars in general. Yeah, I think that's the key for me on how to watch Star Wars, is if you're showing it to somebody who's never watched it before. You have to start with the original trilogy. You have to start with four, five, six. Then you go back and watch one, two, three. Then... Seven, eight, nine. Just because that's the way it came out. I think I would explain why to start that way, though. Not only because the original trilogy came out first, but because you can say, like, hey, like, Darth Vader is the main villain through all of this. You can see how this plays out. But then the prequel trilogy is about how, like, we get to that point, how we get Darth Vader, and how we get to watch Anakin progress to that point. So, yeah, and so after you've seen the originals and the prequels and the sequels, and you, after you've seen all of them, I think from there, like me, now whenever I watch them, I just watch them in straight chronological order. I just watch one through nine, yeah. and if I feel like it, I throw in Solo and Rogue One. Unpopular opinion. Rogue One wasn't good until the Darth Vader scene. I'm kind of with you there. Like, I know everybody is, like, real big on Rogue One. They said, oh, it's a great movie, it's a great movie. I don't have anything against the movie. I think it's a good movie. To me, it just doesn't feel very Star Wars. Yeah. Like, it's a good sci-fi movie with Star Wars stuff sprinkled in. Yeah. So, like, like, I think it's a great movie. I'll watch it. It's part of the canon and everything. But if you just gave me that scene... Of Darth Vader killing everybody that leads into A New Hope, that would have been enough for me. It's a good movie, but I was bored watching it. I wouldn't say I was bored. I'm just saying, like, to me, it didn't feel Star Wars. But I also liked Solo, though, and a lot of people didn't like that one. I liked that one. (laughs) (laughs) So, for Rogue One, I'm with you in that it doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie, necessarily. It feels more like a war movie, which it I think is kind of what they were trying to go for uh, with Rogue One. Um, and again, you know, I was kind of bored throughout the whole movie, so I agree with you, Hannah, that it was kind of one tone until you reached the Darth Vader scene at the end. But for it to be a war movie, it shows a different light on Star Wars. 
something I've always really enjoyed about Star Wars is the kind of expanded universe element of it and that there is war there are these characters in the background that's part of what makes it so interesting and so to see these kind of conflicts going on I really like that and that's also why my favorite scene from the uh, movie Solo is the scene where Han is uh, a stormtrooper and he's on this planet fighting you know in this conflict against the unseen rebels or whoever the empire is going against that it's this war it's this expanded universe element that we get a taste of i think that's part of the reason why the clone wars is so good is because you see like all these tiny planets and all the random uh like civilians sprinkled in there and so you get the interaction between the clones and the jedi with them and how uh they could have a peaceful planet but then all of a sudden uh they're just getting attacked and they don't know why or what's going on like if you have the time i'd say definitely go back and watch clone wars and rebels even though they're cartoons they really expand upon the canon and the history and just everything about the star wars universe and it really goes into depth in a way that you might not think about a cartoon would but they're really great uh, I, th- I would definitely recommend watching Clone Wars and Rebels. I haven't seen Clone Wars and Rebels, um, but I'm excited to dive into that this summer when I have more time as a teacher um, because it looks really good. And from what y'all have talked about, it seems like it adds a lot of depth to some of the characters that you run into in the movie where you might, like you were talking about today, like Darth Maul, like you really don't see him just like a ton in the movies, but you were talking about how in the, was it Clone Wars? Clone Wars and Rebels, both. And both that you get a lot of depth of character there. Yeah, that's, I I really like how they expand upon his character. And Clone Wars gave us Ahsoka, which she's an awesome character. My favorite. Yeah, she's really cool. And it's been announced she's going to be in the live action Mandalorian show next season. Super excited about that. That's going to be awesome. Uh, <clears throat> but the last thing we're going to talk about today is a little controversial for some people. But what are your thoughts on the Ewoks? I love the Ewoks. They're adorable. <laughs> love them. They're feisty. I love that they're so feisty. Cute, cuddly. Cook them on a stick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the Ewoks. Uh, I mean... As a little kid, they were super cute, and when I went through a pop figure phase, I had a Wicket pop figure, uh, and he was one of my favorites. But, I mean, I think in general, I have really came to appreciate the Ewoks because of the Battlefront game and how you can play as Ewoks and seeing all the tools that they get to use and just running around the Endor forest is really fun. And so I, I love the Ewoks. They're great. Yeah, I really enjoyed the Ewoks. Um, I, I can understand why people think they're just a little too cutesy and they're a little dumb, but I think they were a good addition. Like, yes, they were cutesy and everything like that, but they weren't also just filler. Like, they served the purpose. They, even though they're primitive or whatever, they did help the Rebels defeat the Empire on Endor. Like, I don't think just the little group of rebels on indoor would have been able to do it without the ewoks so like they did serve a purpose 
I think they were a good addition. If you're going to hate something like that, hate the Porgs. They did nothing. They were served on sticks. Like, come on. I didn't mind the Porgs either because they were just there. I don't mind them because, again, I'm a girl and I think they're cute. But, yeah, like, if you're going to hate something, hate the Porgs, not the Ewoks. I really like the Ewoks and I like that they represent, like, it, it represents how a few can make a big impact. Because they weren't a big tribe. They were, like, this small tribe. They had primitive, t- primitive tools. And, yeah, they really did make a huge impact on that battle and they were able to um assist them in that in that win if i wasn't force sensitive to where i couldn't be a sith i would be an ewok because they still help the rebels but i'd want to be an ewok they're so cute they're teddy bears i love it not really literal teddy bears (laughs) they're mean (laughs) to people who are they were gonna straight up cook luke and han and eat them but they're so primitive they didn't didn't know I like how they played drums yeah. on the stormtroopers' helmets after everything. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, yeah, we won. Yeah, but they—they have their their evil side. So, is there anything else that y'all just want to throw in real quick about Star Wars that maybe we didn't get to talk about that you think is interesting or anything like that? Yes, absolutely. something that bothers me a lot and I'd like to hear y'all's opinions as well is kind of the healthy medium between balancing fans and what the fans want because it doesn't exist without the fans and the studio and the story that the studios are trying to tell I think that love them or hate them the prequels I think they did a good job of a cohesive story. Mm-hmm. So they, from before even the first one started filming, they had the general idea of what the story was going to be. Okay, we're going to see Anakin go through his journey to becoming Darth Vader. Now, things might have got changed here and there throughout production and everything, and that's understandable. And I just think that wasn't the case with the sequel trilogy it was okay you're gonna make this one you're gonna make this one and you're gonna make this one and we'll just make them fit i have a lot of issues with the sequels but we don't have enough time for that so i just feel like there should have been whether the same person directed all three it was three different directors however they wanted to do it that's fine but they should have sat down at the beginning and said okay this is the story and just whether they did that or not, I'm not sure, but it doesn't feel like it. It feels like they gave the first one to J.J. Abrams and said, okay, make a Star Wars movie. And they gave the next one to Ryan Johnson and said, okay, make a Star Wars movie that kind of fits to this one enough. And then I know originally they had a different director for the third one, but this, the second one caused so much, or I guess eight, we'll say eight, caused so much problems that they were like, uh, let's just be safe with it and give it back to J.J. Abrams. And then he had to end it. And whether you like the way it ended or if you thought it needed fixing or if you thought it didn't need fixing, then that was, yeah, it was going to be just the way the sequel trilogy has gone has really made it hard for the people making it. Yeah, I agree with that point. In fact, J.J. Abrams, I believe, uh, wanted to split 
uh, Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker into two different parts. But Disney was just kind of like, hey, no, we've had enough of the fans. We want to end the series. We want to end the Skywalker series. So go ahead and finish it with this one movie, uh, which is a big reason for why it kind of turned out the way it did. So we can make three more, at least. Well, and I think it has a... I think any time you know how something ends when you begin the story, you know, like reading the last chapter of a book... I think it was a challenge. It probably was a challenge that you ha- they had to figure out a way that made it interesting and made it an adventure throughout the throughout the story, so that it wasn't just like, oh, I know what's going to happen next. Oh, you know, it wasn't so predictable. They definitely had a challenge on them, their hands to make it still um, like on the edge of your seat, like so suspenseful and like how the story is going to play out, since you already kind of know how it's going to end. Give me new characters. Don't recycle them. I think that was a really good point. Really well said, Ashton. Um, Another kind of point, I think, between the fans and the people making them, uh, an interesting cross point is, like, just the lightsaber colors, right? Because uh, for Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, he came up to George Lucas, and he was like, hey, so... You know, what, what are the lightsaber colors? And so Lucas was like, well, the good guys have blue and green and the bad guys have red. And so he said, can I have a purple lightsaber? And so he was like, okay, you know, sure. And so now, after the fact, it's turned into a huge thing because now there's every lightsaber color under the rainbow and each one means something different. Yeah, I thought it was really cool how Ray's was yellow at the end of the last one. Like, we really don't have to get into all that, but I really enjoyed that. My favorite color is yellow. I liked it. <laughs> well, it was fun having you guys on today. Thanks for joining us for our May 4th episode. Yeah, I'm glad this could be the topic that we got to be on. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We'd love to hear your opinions about Star Wars. Uh, please just hit us up on Twitter at the Spare Room PC. Or you can email us, Gmail, uh, the spare room PC at Gmail. Uh, tell us what you like about Star Wars, what you don't like, if you agree with us, if you don't agree with us, if you think you're a Jedi, if you think you're a Sith, if you're a Rebel, or if you're an Empire. We'd like to hear all of it. So just let us know what you think. Or even if you just want to share a meme or a Star Wars joke, those are happily welcome. And if you think you're actually a Jedi, especially email. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see you next time in the spare room, and may the 4th be with you.